This is 88.5 NEPM. Mitigating shelter availability, Massachusetts looks at waitlisting the unhoused. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is Beacon Hill in 5, our look at the week ahead in politics and government in Massachusetts. We've got Chris Lazinski from the Statehouse News Service on the line. Hey, thanks for joining me, Chris. Nice to speak with you again, Carrie. We'll begin with emergency shelters, a crisis that continues in Massachusetts. As the state waits for federal funds and residents facing homelessness and migrant families continue to seek out the state's shelters in record numbers, Chris, what is the current plan forward following a judge's ruling last week that will allow the governor to place a limit on the number of people sheltered in the emergency shelters? The cap is set at about 7,500 families in the shelter system. So families number 7,501 and above will instead face basically a triage system determining what kind of priority they get on a wait list. Now, us families' conditions are going to be taken into account when figuring out if they're toward the top of the wait list or the bottom of the wait list. Top spots will go to families with infants who are three months old or younger, immunocompromised family members, high-risk pregnancy or uh, tracheostomy tubes, people facing risks of domestic violence, things like that. Lower spots will be people who don't have those same factors. When you're on the wait list, you will be waiting an indefinite amount of time for an emergency assistance shelter spot to open. And once one spot does open and your turn comes on the wait list, you'll get a call, an email, and a text. And families will have until 12 p.m. the following business day to accept that shelter placement. So obviously, this is a huge shift after 40 years of Massachusetts guaranteeing shelter placement to eligible families and pregnant women. But as has been the case for months, the Healy administration is saying it simply has to make this shift because of the unprecedented level of demand on the system. So does this waitlist model provide better or more information to lawmakers who create budgets now that they know that that population is going to be capped at 7,500? Yeah, I suppose theoretically, you might get a clearer financial outlook with a cap in place. Granted, the financial outlook is still quite dire. The Healy administration has said that even if it keeps the limit at 7,500 families through the rest of the fiscal year, which ends June 30th, it will be something like $210 million in the red for the emergency shelter system. So more money will be needed. But having a limit in place, I think, does make it easier to project what that year-end outlook will be rather than trying to figure out how much spending will need to increase to accommodate more and more families as they arrive. Following the changing of the clocks to standard time, I'm reminded that we'll be using more energy in our house in the coming months. In looking forward, clean energy goals call for Massachusetts to have 5,600 megawatts of offshore wind under contract by 2027. With federal regulators now downshifting the economy to avert that recession, previously contracted wind farms are now saying that the finances no longer work at previously negotiated prices, Chris. So where's the state currently with offshore wind? The state is basically where it was back in May 2018 with offshore wind right now. About 2,400 megawatts worth of projects that were in the pipeline, that came into the pipeline after 2018, are no longer here. Uh, South Coast Wind and Commonwealth Wind both backed out of their plans for installations off the coast of Massachusetts, citing changing economic conditions and supply chain problems. Um, They could still bid again. There's another round of procurement open with bids due in January, but 
only 800 megawatts of that 5,600 megawatts needed are actually still under contract. Governor Maura Healey attended a legislative briefing on three bills. They were focused on using organized labor in the development of new clean energy. So the briefing was held in the members' lounge of the House of Representatives. And there, Rep. Marjorie Decker encouraged Healey to think about who should deal with those policies. Now, I find that interesting, Chris. Decker suggested that with 200 House members and 6,000 bills under consideration, that might not be the best avenue. Do lawmakers make that suggestion often to the administration? It's a pretty rare instance for a lawmaker to say out loud it's faster for the executive branch to do something using their existing authority. You know, and you can understand why lawmakers in both branches like to hang on to their own power and wield that. I'd say more often you see that kind of rhetoric deployed in emergency situations, like, for example, the emergency shelter crisis we were just talking about. It's pretty rare to see it when it comes to a, a broader policy shift. Chris Lazinski is a reporter with the Statehouse News Service in Boston. Chris, thank you. Of course. This is Beacon Hill in 5, our weekly check-in at the Statehouse. You can subscribe to this podcast and others from NEPM at our website. That's nepm.org slash podcast. This is 88.5 NEPM. 